The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. Happy Friday morning to you, April 28th, 7 a.m. It's David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Why, you ask, are we playing tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree? David, why are we doing that? Because it's all about the old oak tree. Ah. Today is Arbor Day. Hey, happy Arbor Day. Happy Arbor Day. Go hug a tree today. Absolutely. Brenda, let me tell you a little story (laughs) about little Davy and Arbor Day. Okay. And why I love Arbor Day so much. So when I was in, I'm going to say it was like the second grade at my grade school, on Arbor Day, they gave each of us a little seedling of a dogwood tree. Okay. And I took that dogwood tree home, and we went out into our backyard in the garden area, and we planted that little dogwood tree. And over the years as I grew, so did that dogwood tree. And that dogwood tree is probably still there today. Get out. It's It grew beautiful, huge, and it started just as this little tiny seedling of a dogwood tree. That's fantastic, David. I loved that tree. You were living Laudate Sea long before it was even an idea in Pope Francis' yep. mind. And, and I mean, we lived in that house all through my grade school, junior high, high school, and it wasn't until I was after gone in college that my parents eventually sold the house and, and moved elsewhere, but that tree was always there. And I would drive by and see just it? to see that tree and that it was phenomenal there. yeah and it, it was amazing how that big tree it got is like what 100 110 <laughs> 110 now? years old now that tree <laughs> it's amazing wow but anyway got that tree on arbor day that's so kind of neat go. it is no i know i love that tree it's funny how you say that because just the other day i went in the backyard because this is you know the beginning of this nice weather yeah. and our, our daughter was over and uh we were looking at the tree the tree we that we call amanda's tree oh nice the daughter there yeah. because when we were the kids were little and we were doing some planting uh, the kids are picking out little thing and I, things that they wanted, flowers they wanted to plant. And I said, I saw a sale on these trees. Mm. And I said, you know, Amanda, if you wanted to plant one of those trees, we'll find the spot for it. Nice. And so she picked one out and it kind of had a little sick branch on it. And I said, well, maybe not that particular one. I said, how about this one? And she said, yeah. okay, because she was always agreeable. And that tree is huge in the backyard. It's, I can't, I don't know the name of it. It's a real familiar tree. You would understand it around. It constantly needs pruning because it just grows, you know, over, but you got to get it shaped up like a tree. Yeah. And, uh, oh. 
See, see, trees have a lot of meaning to people. They do. Yeah. And of course, now I'm thinking of the tree, the giving tree, the yeah. book of, you know, when you were kids and. Sure. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, happy Arbor Day, everybody. So there is a, a raspberry farm out on Savvy Island. And mm-hmm. I don't exactly know the name of it. I think many people would be familiar with it because on the property, they have enormous oak trees. Yeah. I mean, these things must be hundreds mm-hmm. of years old. Yeah. And everybody, it's like going under that tree because it's, there's, you know, on a hot day, you've been picking berries, you want to have a picnic, you go under the tree. Nice. And it has been there year after year after yeah. year. I love that. Yeah. Oh, now I'm all excited about yeah. trees. Isn't that great? I know. <laughs> I love trees. I got to regroup now after telling my dogwood tree oh, story. Oh, that's a, a good lot of memories story. there. Yeah. You're gonna, next time you go down there, you're going to drive by the that old see. house. And this is the time of year, too, that dogwood trees, typically they're kind of an early blooming mm-hmm. tree. And they're native, too, so it's it's nice. But All anyway, right. so go out. Yes, go, go hug your favorite tree today. <laughs> what do you have coming up? Well, hey, we've been so busy with Sherathon and getting back on track after a few sick days. Forgot to mention that Pope Francis hitting the road again. Okay. Yeah, in fact, he's headed to Hungary, but journalists on the flight with him wonder if his health is going to hold up to this rigorous agenda he's got. All right, we've got a warm day in store today, which this weekend brings out a little concern, particularly if you're heading to the mountains. We'll have that for you. All right, we've got a great show ahead for you on this Friday morning. Here is Dan Francis to start us off, and no other name. You are listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
That is Dan Francis and no other name. It is 710 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Friday on Arbor Day. You know, I, I selected tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree for Arbor Day. My other choice was going to be Clint Clint Eastwood singing I Talk to the Trees. Oh. That's from the movie I Paint Your Wagon. Okay. Yeah, so it was probably a little bit too good, nuanced. Good, toss up. <laughs> yeah. Could have gone either way. People, people would have heard that and go, we're not familiar with that song <laughs> at all. But it is interesting to look up. Clint Eastwood, I Talk to the Trees. Uh, you know who we're going to talk to next? Our another good friend, man in the trees. Another man in the trees, Ken <laughs> Hellenius. He joins us after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Mater Dei Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne-Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. Eastertide is filled with great joy and fervent prayer at Mater Dei Radio. During this special time in the church, join us in the celebration of our Lord's glorious resurrection through our three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass, the seasonal Regina Chaley prayer for the Queen of Heaven, the sacred mysteries of the Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and inspiring Eastertide reflections. We also rejoice in praying for your specific intentions on Mater Dei Radio's prayer hotline. Just call 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or fill out your personal request on the prayer page at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Our dedicated team will start praying for you right away. Experience the great joy of Eastertide and unite with us in prayer as we lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Dei Radio. here at Mater Day Radio. Well, sunny skies and the forecast all day this Friday. Thermometer is going to be moving quickly Mm -hmm. up. Now expect afternoon high temperatures to get to the middle to upper 80s today. Some 
might even be toying with that 90 degree mark. Now, it could also get a bit windy later in the day near the gorge, close to 55 mile an hour gusts. But then overnight, we cool down to the mid 50s. Tomorrow, slightly cooler, but we should still be right around that 80 degree mark. Sunday is when we make that turn back to spring like temperatures. So we stay close uh, in the low 60s. Then the next possibility of rain looks to be later next week. All right, 59 degrees at St. Francis Church in Sherwood. And it's 55 degrees at the Proto Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver. And it's 48 degrees at the Basilica of the Sacred Heart in South Bend, Indiana. Sometimes hilarious, always hilarious. It's Keeping Up with Ken Hilarious on Mater Day Radio. And speaking of South Bend, Indiana, it is time to head there to talk to our man at the University of Notre Dame and the host of Living Stones, heard right here on Mater Day Radio, Monday evening, 7.30 or anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. Let me say happy Arbor Day to Mr. Ken Hellenius. Happy Arbor Day to you, David. I uh, I hope you're going to be celebrating appropriately. I am indeed, absolutely. I've already gone out and said thank you to all of our trees here at Mater Dei Radio Studios. I, I've never been to South Bend, Indiana. Lots of trees there? Uh, yeah, lots of trees. Far fewer evergreens, of course. A lot more deciduous. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, other category uh, <laughs> for those of you playing right. along at home. Um <laughs> So, yeah. So, um, as a matter of fact, just in the last two weeks, I've noticed uh, all of the trees have, have begun to, the leaves have begun to come out. So, like my neighbors behind us, I can no longer look out my bathroom window and see their backyards. Now, <laughs> all I can see is beautiful green. Very nice. Yes, uh, I was thinking about South Bend, too, and the University of Notre Dame. Have the students finished there yet, or are commencement exercises coming up? Uh, we're getting close, yes. So the last full week of classes is that uh, first week of May. So so next week will be the last full week of classes. And then there's a reading week uh, and exams. So, uh, yeah, we're getting right up to it. Uh, and But, uh, gosh, graduation isn't until the weekend of the of May 19th. Okay. So there's a, there's a full week that they call senior week mm-hmm. that takes place after all of the rest of the students have finished and gone, the seniors have a full week of activities together and kind of wrapping up and things like that before they do commencement. Right. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's coming quickly, though. Is there a big commencement event that goes on with this? A number of them, of course, because being a university, we have not just undergraduates graduating, but we have a lot of uh, 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 professional programs, you know, the law school and the, the um, school of engineering right. and, and schools like that. So they do their own individual commencements uh, as well as the, the large uh, undergraduate commencement. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a full weekend of events nice. both on Saturday and Sunday around here. Well, speaking of Saturday, tomorrow is the Feast of St. Catherine of Siena. So, very interesting. I was reading a little bit about her, uh, Doctor of the Church. So, tell us a little bit about St. Catherine of Siena. Yeah, so St. Catherine uh, was uh, one of the first two doctors of the Church named in 1970 by Pope uh, St. Pius the, uh, I'm sorry, Pope Paul VI. Um She lives in the 14th century, so she was born in 1347 on the Feast of the Annunciation, March 25th, and uh, she died uh, on April 29th 
in the year 1380. So at the age of 33, a very young 33, mm. uh, she uh, was born in Siena, which is a uh, town in uh, Tuscany. It's a hill town, a town to which I've had the great pleasure of visiting. Uh, my wife and I went and stayed in Siena during our honeymoon uh, back in the day. Nice. And so Siena is a beautiful hill town, uh, not far from Florence, which is, of course, the major town of Tuscany, major city of Tuscany. Mm-hmm. She was born. Um, she was born prematurely. She uh, had a twin sister who uh, passed away soon after they were born. But Catherine grew up a, a healthy baby, um, but she very early on had mystical visions of the Lord Jesus and the saints. Uh, at age five or six, she had a vision of Christ seated in glory uh, with the apostles Peter, Paul, and John. And at age seven, she vowed, she made a private vow that she would give her entire life to God. Uh, and uh, she, she then did that. She lived a very active life, uh, but she um, kind of active in ministry and active actually in politics. Uh, she was very influential. She interacted with not just uh, kind of secular rulers, but also she traveled to Avignon because this was the time when the Pope didn't live in Rome, but the Popes lived in Avignon, France. Hmm. Uh, during what's called the Babylonian captivity of the pontificate. Uh, and so she went to Avignon to, to convince the Pope to move back to Rome. Said, you belong in Rome. You're the, you're the Bishop of Rome. Go home. And uh, the, the Popes eventually did. So she visited the last Pope uh, in Avignon, Gregory XI, uh, and then she was called to Rome by his successor, Urban VI, to, um, to uh, kind of... Uh, help urge the cardinals to to um, kind of form up, you know, kind of right. uh, and realize that the church is one again. We're no longer in kind of what was called the Western Schism. There were at one point three popes, uh, two anti-popes and a real pope uh, because of the this whole uh, Babylonian captivity in Avignon. Mm. And Catherine helped clean that up. Yeah. Uh, so she she, um, she seemed she, like she was outspoken. I mean, she was she was something else. There are 382 letters yeah. that we still have that she dictated or wrote herself uh, to all sorts of people, secular rulers, to popes. She actually, in her letters, she called the pope daddy, uh, not your holiness, not, you know, holy father, but daddy. Hmm. So she had a very, very um, familiar relationship with uh, the leaders of her day. And, and it was very much driven because she was recognized as a holy woman. Um, and uh, she was recognized as one who was in constant conversation with God. Mm. And this was part of her life as a, she's also a very early lay Dominican. So she had a vision early on of St. Dominic, uh, the founder of the Dominicans, and uh, she wanted to enter his order, but she wanted to remain in an active life. Mm-hmm. And so she uh, affiliated herself with the Dominicans. And as a matter of fact, her spiritual director, uh, Raymond of Capua, Father Raymond of Capua, later was the master of the order and is now Blessed Raymond of Capua. Uh, So she was under constant um, kind of formation by the Dominicans and very much living an active life of preaching, which is, of course, what we associate the Dominicans with. Right. So, yeah, she was a force to be reckoned with, no doubt. Uh, When was she canonized, do you know? So, yeah, she was canonized relatively, so she dies in 1380, uh, and she was canonized in 1461 by Pope Pius II, who himself was actually uh, had been Bishop of Siena. So he grew up around the cult of uh, Catherine, you know, the cult being, I mean, she was venerated at 
in her hometown of Siena. She was venerated in Rome. Uh, Pope Pius came from Siena to become Bishop of Rome, and he knew her her um, veneration was active. And so he canonizes her in 1461. And then, as I mentioned, in 1970, she was named a doctor of the church uh, just a few days after St. Teresa of Avila had been named the first female doctor. And then um, she's now actually considered also the co-patron of Italy with uh, uh, St. Francis of Assisi. And then in 1999, uh, Pope St. John Paul II named Catherine uh, and Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, uh, Edith Stein, mm-hmm. and Bridget of Sweden as co-patronesses of Europe. Wow. So her influence is, it remains very active today, even perhaps more so now, even than, than in her own time. Right. Well, it's really fascinating to read about St. Catherine of Siena, and uh, I appreciate your uh, insight into that. It's uh, really interesting. He is Ken Hellenius, our man at the University of Notre Dame and host of Living Stones, heard right here on Mater Day Radio, Monday evenings at 7.30, anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. Ken, great to talk to you today. Go out there and hug a tree for me. <laughs> you too. Take care. All right. God bless. And it is 7.23 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, I just... Love it when Ken joins us. He's a wealth of oh, knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's it's wonderful to learn about these saints than he knows uh, quite so much about. Well, it is the weekend. It's upon us, and you're looking for something to do to enjoy this beautiful weather. Well, the first thing you need to do is head over to the community calendar at materdayradio.com. There it is full of things that Deborah has tracked down through bulletins and emails that we've received here at the station. She gets it all organized and on that calendar so that way... Well, you know right where to go every day of the week. You can also access that community calendar on the Hail Mary Media app. Plug it into your car, and uh, it will also have a mapping system that will get you right to where you need to be. So if you have a special event coming up, well, let Mater Day Radio know about it. We'll get it on our community calendar. You're going to find it under the Get Involved menu, materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Memorial Day Mass is scheduled for May 29th. As Americans, this Memorial Day, we will remember those who died in the service of our country. I'm Marie Henry, Associate Director of Cemeteries and Funeral Services at Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Cemeteries. I would like to invite you to join us in prayer on Memorial Day, May 29th. Memorial Day Mass will be held on the sacred burial grounds of our Catholic cemeteries. At 9 a.m., Reverend Peo Dayton will begin Mass at Mount Calvary Cemetery in Eugene, At 10 a.m., Bishop Peter Smith will begin Mass at Mount Calvary Cemetery in Portland. And at 10 a.m., Archbishop Alexander Sample will begin Mass at Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. For additional details, you may visit Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services website at ccpdxor.com. I hope you will join us this Memorial Day. Together, we can be united in faith as we worship, remember, and celebrate legacy. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. 
These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. It is 726 at Mater Day Radio, and there is an avalanche warning this weekend. We'll tell you about that in the news. And Pope Francis is in the air again today as begins his apostolic journey to Hungary. But journalists on the flight wonder if his health can hold up to the rigorous agenda. I'll have more on that story coming up after this. It is Francesca Battistelli. He knows my name. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
That is Francesca Battistelli, and he knows my name. 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Pope Francis' apostolic journey to Hungary kicked off on Friday morning with the arrival of the papal aircraft at Budapest International Airport. Welcoming him on the tarmac were the Hungarian Vice Prime Minister Solt Semjin and two children dressed in traditional costumes offering him salt and bread, a traditional welcome greeting ceremony in many East European cultures. Now, the Pope was then transferred by car to Sandor Palace in Budapest. Now, there he's going to pay a courtesy visit to the President of Hungary, Katalin Novak, and Prime Minister Viktor Orban before addressing authorities, representatives of civil society, and members of the diplomatic corps at the former Carmelite Monastery, used today as the Prime Minister's headquarters. Now, the Pope is visiting Hungary from April 28th to the 30th under Christ is Our Future theme. Now, besides the local church and civil authorities during these three-day visit, he will meet with migrants and poor people, refugees, disabled children, young people. Then on Sunday morning, he will celebrate Mass for the country's Catholic faithful. Then the afternoon, meet with the academic and cultural world before departing back to Rome. As is customary, Pope Francis took time to greet the journalists on board the papal flight during the outgoing journey. He thanked them for their work and Jovial answered a few questions, including one on his health, to which he responded, weeds never die. (laughs) He also answered a question regarding the groundless accusations made against Pope St. John Paul II by a family member of Emanuela Orlandi, the daughter of a Vatican employee who vanished in 1983. The Pope has already dismissed those accusations and again today described them as nonsense. Well, it could reach 90 degrees today, but this beautiful warm weather can bring some challenges. The Northwest Avalanche Center in Seattle has issued a special avalanche bulletin through Saturday evening in the Mount Hood area, the Washington Cascades, and the Olympic Mountains. Statement reads that with the freezing level soaring to over 12,000 feet, the likelihood of wet snow avalanches and cornice fall will be elevated over this period. Now, the warm-up will also lead to rapid snow melt at lower elevations, challenging travel conditions, and other non-avalanche hazards. Statement may be extended through Sunday, depending on how the weather patterns evolve. The statement adds backcountry considerations include traveling in the morning during the cooler part of the day, and if you see new or recent avalanches, avoid similar slopes. Wow. I think a similar case, too, is in California, too, as their snowmelt begins to come off the mountains. Well, people who travel through Vancouver using Interstate 5 should plan ahead for delays starting Monday, May 1st through Wednesday, May 17th. Washington State Department of Transportation maintenance crews will utilize daytime single lane closures to install a series of catch basins alongside the highway. During heavy seasonal rainstorms, water can collect and flow over the roadway. With the installation of the new drainage system, excessive rainwater will flow into the catch basins, preventing pooling on the interstate. So beginning Monday, May 1st through Sunday, May 7th, the right lane of southbound I-5 near Northeast 63rd Street will be closed uh, from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., 
May 8th to May 9th, the left lane of southbound I-5 near Main Street will be closed daily. Then Wednesday, May 10th through Wednesday, May 17th, the left lane of northbound I-5 near 63rd Street again will be closed at 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. As with any highway maintenance and construction projects, travelers must exercise caution through the work zone to keep both road users and road workers safe. Travelers are asked to have a little extra patience, obey advanced warning signs, and look for instructions from flagging and road crew personnel. All right. Well, on the business front, the U.S. economy grew at a slower pace in the first quarter than what officials had expected. The seasonally adjusted gain was measured at 1.1 percent. The increase in the gross domestic product was below economists' forecast of 2 percent and represents a more moderate pace compared to the previous two quarters, according to the data released yesterday by the Department of Commerce. Consumer spending contributed the most to the first quarter's growth as Americans continue to spend their dollars on Goods and services, especially in restaurants and bars, purchases of cars, their parts, and healthcare services were also strong. Business spending, though, remained sluggish in the first quarter as companies cut back on equipment and residential fixed investment firms continued to struggle. Well, Portland will be getting a new gaming arcade amusement center this summer in northeast portland the signs on the outside may still say lumber yard but the owners of the building at 2700 northeast 82nd avenue in portland busy on the inside transforming it to the people's courts Mm. the co-founder dave schrott said the centerpiece of the facility the pickleball courts. How about that? Shrod, along with his cousin Dave Sachs, are turning the 48,000-square-foot building into a place to hang out with friends and family to play a few games. Now, the game, <laughs> that's it. That's, you're that's playing the pickleball, pickleball sound. Yeah. That's it. So see if we can make all of this sounds. Now, the gaming center is not too far from a local high school and a local nearby skate park, perfect for foot traffic, they say. Now, gamers will be able to select from a handful of pickleball courts, bocce ball. That's bocce ball. Oh, excuse me. It's bocce ball. You're right. Bocce ball. Bocce ball. Bocce ball. Yes, you know what that is. It's almost like lawn bowling. Yeah, where you throw out an initial and then everybody's got to try to hit it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good time. Uh, Ping pong. Ping pong. And you pronounce that. That's ping pong. Ping pong. (laughs) That's right. And corn. (laughs) Okay, there. (laughs) That's just kind of funny. Now, the People's Court will also offer smaller pickleball courts for single player and practicing. That's right up your alley. That's right. Unless you can get a partner. And then currently, construction crews are putting the final touches on the courts. It will eventually finish construction of the two restaurants that will be managed by owners of Olympia Provisions and Pizza Shoals. Hey, that sounds fun. All right. You know what you don't see anymore, though? Horseshoes. That was no, big back that, in my oh, day. Oh, yeah. I think horseshoes have been p- replaced by cornhole. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you're right. That, that's, I think cornhole. Because yeah. it's real. you can set cornhole yeah, up anywhere. It's, yeah, it's portable. Yeah. Definitely. You, you don't have those death spears sticking <laughs> out of the <laughs> ground. Uh, speaking of sports, by the way, the Seattle Seahawks continue to over, overhaul their defense, selecting Illinois cornerback, not quarterback, cornerback, Devin Witherspoon with the number five pick in the NFL draft last night. 
Witherspoon was regarded as one of the top two cornerbacks in the draft. He blossomed in his final season at Illinois, where he was the Big Ten defensive back of the year. He had three interceptions and 17 pass breakups. Seattle held its highest pick during the tenure of Coach Pete Carroll and General Manager John Schneider, the result of a trade that sent Russell Wilson to Denver before last season. So the number one pick in the draft was quarterback. Of course. Bryce Young out of Alabama. He went to the Carolina Panthers. Locally, Oregon, cornerback Christian Gonzalez was selected 17th overall by the New England Patriots. Round two of the draft is set for this afternoon at 4 o'clock. So Seattle had another pick. They took a wide receiver. So okay. n- no quarterback. No we quarter- talked about that yesterday. They're going to just yeah. put their put their money on uh, Geno. Yeah. So. I mean, they, right. they, they, there's two more rounds, so they could still pick a quarterback. But yeah, but first round, they did not. Who's left after the second round? <laughs> That's true. Well, when Catholics pray to the Blessed Virgin Mary, it's not an act of worship, as worship is given only to God. St. Louis de Montfort, <coughs> Saint Louis de Montfort, an 18th century priest devoted to the Virgin Mary, explains what happens with prayers addressed to Our Lady. Now, the explanation is found in his book, True Devotion to Mary. Now, he starts off by writing that sincere and devout prayers to the Virgin Mary will give more glory to Jesus in a month than in many years of more demanding devotion. De Montfort explains that Mary is a pure conduit for our prayers, transforming them into glorious prayers to her Heavenly Father. She is an echo of God, he says, speaking and repeating only God. If you say Mary, she says God. When St. Elizabeth praised Mary, calling her blessed because she had believed, Mary, the faithful echo of God, responded with her canticle, My soul glorifies the Lord. Now, de Montfort goes on to write what Mary did on that day. She does every day when we praise her, when we love and honor her, we present anything to her that God is praised, honored and loved and receives our gift through Mary and in Mary. So the next time you offer prayers to the Virgin Mary, remember how she receives your prayers and takes them directly to God in a very real way. The closer we are to Mary, the closer we are to God. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Saturday is the Iron Sharpens Iron Catholic Men's Conference in Olympia happening at St. Michael's Catholic Church. Our friends in Seattle invite all Catholic men to their 10th annual Iron Sharpens Iron Catholic Men's Conference with the theme of a brokenness to boldness. And remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Wasn't there a movie, Eat, Pray, Love? There was a movie called Eat, Pray, Love. Well, we got a new book called Pray, Think, Act. Oh, yeah. maybe they'll make that into a yeah. screenplay. You'll hear about it after the forecast. Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on, where a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. 
Please join me, Deacon Scott Aiken, as we pray for the holy souls in purgatory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, King of glory, deliver the souls of all the faithful departed from the pains of hell and from the bottomless pit. Deliver them from the lion's mouth, that hell not swallow them up, that they fall not into the outer darkness. But let the holy standard bearer, Michael the Archangel, bring them into that holy light which you promised unto Abraham and his seed. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and may perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of all the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Day Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 744 at Mater Day Radio. Well, on this 28th day of April, amazingly, we could hit 90 degrees today. <laughs> so, wild. Which would be a record, by the way, in the Portland area. I think 82 is the uh, old record, so uh, we probably will break it. Sunny skies, of course, mostly clear overnight tonight, low of 56. And then Saturday, another gorgeous day, a little cooler, sunny and 80. All right, it's already 59 degrees at St. Rome's Row. Rose of Lima Catholic Church here in Portland. And it is 54 degrees at St. Paul Church in Eugene. Well, in this world that's full of constant noise, there's distractions. Making sound decisions, well, can be a huge task. But with his trademark wit and humor, Father Augustine Weta, well, he reaches way back to monastic history to pray, to think, and to act. And he gives readers practical ways to work through making both everyday decisions and the bigger ones that's going to affect your lives long term. Now, Father Weta walks readers through how to pray while considering all your options, how to think through the possible outcomes, well, then how to come to a conclusion and act. Now, Father Weta is a monk of St. Louis Abbey who teaches English, classics, and apologetics at the St. Louis Priory School, where he's also coaching rugby, and he's joining us today. Father Weta, thank you so much for joining the Morning Blend. Oh, thank you for having me. I love Portland. Oh, well. I especially love whatever more, whatever blend you have i'm sure it's absolutely <laughs> well, fantastic <laughs> you know here in portland we've got our fair share of very good morning blend but the favorite one is the one that everyone listens to monday through friday on mater day radio 
Father, you are a teacher at an all-boys school, and I would imagine huh. they might say the same thing that I'm going to ask you now. This is modern <laughs> times, Father. What can monks of ancient times have anything to tell us about making decisions today? <laughs> they would ask it that way, exactly. And I think, well, my my reply is usually that uh, you're not the first people in the world to think about these things. And in fact, a lot of your problems were solved hundreds and hundreds of years ago um, and by people much smarter and holier than you, which is takes a lot for a teenager to appreciate that. But um, yeah, I think what they have to, they lived in a simpler age and they thought in simpler terms. And in, in a way, well, you know what? Uh, I might have to take all that back. Maybe their ties are just as weird and complicated as ours. But the point was that they found a way to simplify their lives and to commit to certain things uh, in a way that I think we can learn something from. Just because it's old doesn't mean it's stupid. <laughs> oh, I, I could not agree more. And boy, to know that even when things seem so complicated as they do today, it does seem like the root of whatever we have to go through well, it's not new. It's things that people have thought no. about, especially within our faith for, well, a millennia. So if that's the truth, then why is this hard? Even moral decisions, which seems like, okay, right and wrong, black and white, that's very straightforward. Yet now the noise of this day and age does seem to blur things to make that gray color. So how do we go yeah. about this making right decisions when it feels like we're living in a lot of gray? Yeah, I spent half of my life thinking things just don't change. And then half of my life thinking this things have never been like this before ever. Uh, and I think that, yeah, you're, I think you're right on one, on one level at least, that um, we have more options now than we ever have. And those other options are much more available than they ever have been. Um, so that, like, I, I don't know, I was talking to one of the kids in my school the other day, and he said, you know, if I want to buy a fork, <laughs> I have an infinite number of forks I can choose. Like, I go online, and just one shop has, like, a thousand different kinds of forks. How do you choose which fork to use, much less, like, which wife to marry or which vocation to embrace? Um, I, you, I guess it used to be the case that you would sort of grow up in your father's business and take over and then you'd be a butcher just like your dad was a butcher and his dad was a butcher. But now you can see what everybody else is doing at any given time and see the best of it. Um, so so it's not merely actually in the end, it's not merely a case of simply deciding, but of just committing to the decisions that you've made. I think one of the crucial insights of the Desert Fathers, uh, and they wouldn't, I suppose, say it in so many words, is that no matter what you decide, it's going to be a bad decision. And frankly, there's no way to make the perfect decision. And even if you could make the perfect decision, someone would mess it up for you, probably you. And, and it, But what, 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 in the end, I think what separates holy, decisive, happy people from sort of indecisive miserable people is commitment is that you just finally have to make your decision and go with it. Uh, but then, but then again, you also have to 
be willing to quit if it was a stupid decision. <laughs> oh, well, absolutely. And, you know, the the thing about making a decision, too, especially in this day and age is with young people, too, is yeah. not only do they go online and look up all of the possible options for making any possible decision, yeah. well, then the next thing they do is they go into the comments and see what people think about what they've yeah. decided to do. And now there's a whole nother added layer about having your decision swayed one way or the other. Well, yeah, which is why the first step is to pray, right? And the first step of the first step is to retreat, because... I think really what, what what really is lacking right now in our lives is silence. And so every great decision, every good decision, in fact, every mediocre decision should be preceded by at least a few seconds, at least a few moments of real silence where you can listen to see, hear what God is saying. Because God doesn't shout people down usually. He, he's, he speaks in a very quiet voice. And unless you ha- take the time to let the mud in your life settle, uh, there's really no way to even begin to think about these things, consider all the alternatives without having that space in your mind and in your soul to to let God do his thing. Mm. Well, that is some of what you will learn about in Father Augustine Weta's new book. It's titled Pray, Think, Act. Make Better Decisions with the Desert Fathers. It is out by Ignatius Press. Well, Father, is it that simple? Three steps to any decision that you might have. Pray on it, think, and then act. Yeah, I think it is that simple in the end. Uh, I mean, I, I managed to complicate it a little bit in my book by getting into the details of what your prayer might look like and, and what thinking about it should the sort of shape that that should take. But, uh, but yeah, I think really, if you, if you, if all you do is pray uh, first, then, then you've, then you're, you've got a leg up on the competition at least. Oh, absolutely. Well, you lay this book out quite simply also too. So that way anybody who picks it up can kind of read through this. It's not your standard just here, open up the book and here you've laid it all out, but you really work through each step in this process. You also bring forward some of the desert fathers. Kind of tell our listeners when they open up your book, how they're going to use it. Well, I think one of the geniuses of the Desert Fathers is that they don't quite tell you what to do. Uh, they t- but they, what they'll do is, if you ask one of the monks, in fact, even today, if you ask a monk, what should I do? They're not really likely to give you a straight answer. They'll tell you a story, and then you'll use that story to work through the answer on your own. And so every subsection of this book starts with a little quote or a story from the Desert Fathers, such as uh, Serapion was given a gospel manuscript, but he only read as far as the word, sell what you have and give to the poor, because he immediately sold it and gave the money to the poor, right? (laughs) Um, Which is kind of a comic little vignette, but at the same time, it it tells you something about how to orchestrate your life, that, that really, first you trust in the scriptures, and if you really take them seriously, it will affect the decisions you make. Well, fantastic. That is just a great process. If you picked up Father's new book, Pray, Think, Act, well, you too will be on your road to making very sound 
and moral decisions. Father, I really appreciate your time today. It's a fantastic book, and I thank you for your time today. Before we go, can you end us in a prayer and your blessing? Uh, Sure. In fact, I will will give you a prayer that was made up yesterday by one of my students. He said, Lord, make us holy and smart, but mostly make us holy because who cares if you're smart if you're a jerk? <laughs> so, <laughs> Almighty God that. bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And again, that is Father Augustine Weta. Now, the name of his new book is Pray, Think, Act. It is out by Ignatius Press. I will be sure to add a link to the podcast of this interview where you can get right to Ignatius Press and purchase a copy for yourself. You'll find those links on the materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And it is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. That's the best prayer ever. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? You tell me that every day. Oh, yeah. I do. That's right. Hey, still not too late. If you didn't get a chance to make a donation to our 2023 Spring share last week we had the event. Wonderful. Thank you to everyone who participated, made a pledge, a donation. We really appreciate it. But if you didn't get a chance to, you still can. Just go to our website right there on the front page is the Spring share button. Just press on that. It'll give you the option to give, and you can still make that donation. We really appreciate it. Again, that's on our website, materdayradio.com, or you can do it through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jumpstart to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio.
And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, new laws to ban styrofoam containers. We'll tell you about it in the news. And Boeing engineers set a record in the air and a place in the record books. They say it was their origami lessons that really helped them out. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. While it's not impossible that a person might pick up a Bible, read it, and decide to become Catholic, it's a pretty safe bet to say it doesn't happen that way every time. There's a lot to parse in scripture, and just flipping through it is about as likely to confuse someone as enlighten them. More often than not, the deepening of faith happens through interaction, parents teaching their children, adults being guided to the church by their friends or co-workers, and of course, parishioners listening to the words of a priest. Today's saint, Louis de Montfort was a particularly fiery preacher and the kind of man who understood that saving souls required people to not just be convinced, but inspired. Louis was born in Northwest France in the year 1673. He had a strong Catholic upbringing and at 12 years old, he went to a Jesuit college where he not only studied, but also spent time ministering to the poor and sick. Louis was easily the most zealous among his colleagues. It seemed like he could never do enough to live out the faith. He would often give away his possessions to beggars he met, and he sought to live a life of poverty even while studying theology. During this time, he also became very devoted to the Blessed Virgin Mary, who would in the future become the major focus of several of his books. He came to realize that preaching was his calling, and when he became a priest at 27 years old, he was disappointed to find that he had few opportunities to travel and spread the word of God. He instead spent several years as a chaplain at a hospital. Here, he met Marie-Louis Trissot, who, inspired by his example, would begin her own religious journey and later be beatified. During a pilgrimage to Rome, Louis had the chance to speak to Pope Clement XI. The Pope recognized that Louis had potential to be a powerful speaker, gave him the title of apostolic missionary, and advised him to return to France and pursue his passion. Finally, presented with the chance he was looking for, Louis devoted the rest of his life to spreading the word in all kinds of places around France. When he wasn't preaching, he was writing or traveling to a new place in order to preach and write. His unique style and undeniable fervor for his faith attracted attention wherever he went, not all of it friendly. At one point during his travels, someone attempted to poison him, and though he survived the ordeal, he never fully recovered from it. However, his deteriorating health didn't stop him from carrying out the mission. He continued traveling from place to place and wrote three books about Mary and the Rosary. In 1716, while still on the road, his illness caught up with him, and he died at 43 years old. Though he had been a priest for only 16 years, he had left such an impact that thousands came to his burial. Even though much of our faith is based in scripture, there would be no faith at all if it were not for those who kept it alive and inspired others to do so. We're part of the same thousands-year-old community that started with the first apostles. And even if we're not clergy, we have a duty to remember to share the age-old traditions that Jesus gave us with the same kind of hope and excitement demonstrated by the saints. Saint Louis de Montfort, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Dei Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 801. 
And in your news, speaking to Hungarian civil authorities in Budapest, the city of Bridges, Pope Francis on Friday challenged the nations of Europe to recapture a spirit of fraternal unity and pursue creative efforts for peace. Now, before his address delivered in a former Carmelite monastery in Budapest Castle District, Pope Francis met with Hungary's President Katalin Novak and Prime Minister Viktor Orban, whose conservative politics, many of which aim to preserve and strengthen the nation's Christian identity, have placed Hungary's government at odds with more liberal members of the European Union. Now, in his remarks, the Pope made no direct reference to the ongoing war in Ukraine, Hungary's neighbor to the Northeast. Instead, he spoke broadly of an urgent need to generate forms of diplomacy capable of pursuing unity, not aggravating differences. Now, later on Friday, the Pope was scheduled to meet with clergy and pastoral workers in St. Stephen's Co-Cathedral in Budapest. His weekend schedule includes private meetings with his fellow Jesuits and with children from the Blessed Laszlo Bithany Strauman Institute for the Blind. He's also set to meet with the poor and refugees at St. Elizabeth Hungry Church and with young adults at the Budapest Sports Arena. Well, some tough news for dozens of workers in Columbia County. Cascades Incorporated, that operates toilet paper factories in Scappoose and St. Helens, has notified the state that it will be laying off 88 employees at its Scappoose plant at the end of July. It will also close one of two production lines at its St. Helens factory, but it hasn't determined how many will lose their jobs at that location. The company employs close to 120 there. Cascades, which is based in Quebec, Canada, says it will also close a facility in South Carolina and eliminate 300 jobs there. Cascade said it expects the closures will cost over $20 million across the three sites, including severance packages. It says it will offer to some relocate some employees to other locations. Cascade said the layoffs are a result of the factories not meeting performance expectations. Well, the United States Catholic bishops are urging Congress to prioritize programs that feed needy families, support small family farmers, and fund rural development in the 2023 Farm Bill, which legislative committees are currently crafting. Now, the Farm Bill, which Congress renews every four, a few years, is a comprehensive bill that normally includes farming subsidies, funding for food assistance programs, conservation initiatives, and rural development funding, among other things. The last farm bill passed in 2018, and much of its initiatives expire in 2023. Now, in a letter to leaders of the House Committee on Agriculture and the Senate Committee on Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry, the USCCB reminded lawmakers of Pope Francis' comment that hunger is criminal. Food is an inalienable right. Now, when asking lawmakers to prioritize efforts to feed families, the bishops asked Congress to prioritize both domestic and international hunger. The bishops also encouraged lawmakers to expand SNAP eligibility by raising the level to 130 percent of the federal poverty level and to allow states to use their state median income level rather than the federal poverty level. Well, a couple of bills aimed at reducing the number of takeout containers thrown away in Oregon are headed to Governor Tina Kotek for her signature. 
One bill would ban styrofoam takeout containers. Another directs the Oregon Health Authority to craft rules for how customers can bring reusable containers for takeout or leftovers to restaurants. Now, if signed by the governor, the Oregon Health Authority would have until June 30, 2024, to create rules governing the types of containers that could be used and how to keep them sanitary. Now, the two new bills build on other recent laws intended to reduce plastic waste. So since January 2020, stores and restaurants have been barred from providing single-use plastic bags, instead providing paper bags or thicker reusable plastic bags at a cost of at least $0.05 per bag to customers who didn't bring their own. A 2019 law stopped restaurants from handing out single-use plastic straws unless the customer requested one. Well, the FBI is offering a $25,000 reward for information leading to the arrest in last year's fatal shooting of a 25-year-old Portland mother, an innocent victim who lost her life when someone mistakenly pulled up to their family's car, showered the vehicle with gunfire. The shooting occurred around 10.30 p.m. on February 20th in 2022. Now, Duop and her fiancé and her two sons were in an SUV heading home to their Powellhurst-Gilbert neighborhood apartment from visiting a grocery store uh, nearby. Now, Duop, a South Sudanese immigrant who came to the United States with her family in the early 2000s, died at the scene. Her fiancé and two young children, ages 1 to 5 at the time, were all wounded by gunshots. The FBI, along with Portland police, hope that the monetary reward will encourage someone to provide information to help solve the killing. Anyone with information is asked to contact the FBI Portland field office. And in sports, college baseball, University of Portland put together a spirited comeback, scoring three runs over the eighth and ninth innings, but the late game rally came up short. Pilots fell 9-8 to to the BYU Cougars in 10 innings last night in Provo, Utah. Two teams will play again this evening at 5. Pac-12 play, Oregon schools hosting the Arizona schools beginning tonight. Oregon State entertains the Arizona Wildcats at 7 p.m. And Oregon welcomes the Arizona State Sun Devils. They get started at 5 this evening. NBA playoffs, the Boston Celtics are advancing after eliminating the Atlanta Hawks last night, 128-120. to Boston will face Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Well, the world record for the farthest flight by paper airplane has been broken by three aerospace engineers with a paper aircraft that flew a grand total of 289 feet, 9 inches. Nice. That's nearly the length of a football field. That's great. They beat the previous record. It was only a mere 252 feet. That was achieved in April of 2022 by a trio in South Korea. So prior to that, the record had not been broken in over a decade. Well, Dylan Rubble, a systems engineer at Boeing, and now paper airplane record holder, said in a release, it's a good tie-in to Aerosmith space, I think, along the lines of designing, creating prototypes. Now, Rubble worked alongside Garrett Jensen, a strength engineer, also with Boeing, and aerospace engineer Nathaniel Erickson. 
Now, the trio are recent graduates who studied aerospace engineering and mechanical engineering at Missouri University of Science and Technology. Now, this feat required months of effort as the team put in nearly 500 hours of studying origami and aerodynamics to create and test multiple prototypes. Well, the engineers put their final design to the test in Crown Point, Indiana, where the record was achieved on Rubble's third throw. So the team decided that their best chance at beating the world record would be with an airplane design that focused on speed and minimized drag so the plane could fly far distance in a short amount of time. So Rebel and Jensen began their paper airplane engineering careers while in middle school, participating in paper airplane events that were held by Boeing. Nice. And Rebel said he enjoyed making the paper come to life and the hard work he had put in to find the ways to improve his design. They said both of them fans of origami when they were kids, too. Now, I don't want to be accused of ageism here, right. but the picture of these three <laughs> aerospace engineers uh, looks like you want to talk to their parents and congratulate <laughs> them for their blue ribbon awards. Nice. I mean, these are brilliant minds that yeah. look like they come from very young faces. See, I, I envision these guys sitting at their desk when they should be doing work, and they're sitting there making paper airplanes. Like, oh, what can I do here? Sending each other yeah, little, right. designs little designs on teams back and forth. Now, I must say, I my personally... I think I have a very good paper airplane design that really? that flies long distance. Now, whether or not I could compare with these guys, probably not. But I learned this design. My dad showed me this when I was a little kid. And I always made my paper airplanes this way. They always flew very really? well. Yes. Oh, well, I think that's a skill you're going to have to pass on to your granddaughter, I think so, David. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm afraid to show it to you because I, I just don't want you to steal my airplane I'm gonna design. Steal it. I, I know it. Yeah. It's like, no, I will. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> it's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And coming up on Saturday at 2 o'clock, enjoy the outdoors at the Grotto at their Spring Alleluia concert. At 2 o'clock is a performance by Valor Christian School. Then 3 o'clock, Good News Concert by Denise and Elsa. You can also find more information on that event, plus all kinds of things happening this weekend. Head over to our community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. It is a garden catechism, and you're going to hear about it right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Dei Radio and Father Robert Barcelos in prayer with the morning offering. A morning prayer written by St. Therese. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh my God, I offer Thee all my actions of this day for the intentions and for the glory of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I desire to sanctify every beat of my heart, my every thought, my simplest works, by uniting them to His infinite merits. And I wish to make reparation for my sins 
by casting them into the furnace of his merciful love. O my God, I ask of thee for myself and for those whom I hold dear, the grace to fulfill perfectly thy holy will, to accept for love of thee the joys and sorrows of this passing life, so that we may one day be united together in heaven for all eternity. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit matradayradio.com. Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle connects through AllSource Communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? AllSource Communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at allsourcecommunications.com. That's allsourcecommunications.com. Or call 503-967-4887 for AllSource Communications. Connecting Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Thank you for making Monterey Radio's recent Spring share a grand success. We appreciate your support helping us seek the truth during this broadcast celebration. It was an inspiring week filled with joy and prayerful generosity. We're both humbled and grateful for all of Monterey Radio's benefactors, volunteers, guests, and donors, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, the Ladies of Christ the King Parish, Trader Joe's and Garden Home, Jade Bistro and Patisserie, Catering by Suzanne, Chick-fil-A and Raleigh Hills and the talented prayer shawl ministries at St. Cecilia in Beaverton and St. Thomas Aquinas in Camus. If you missed out on Mater Dei Radio's 2023 Spring share you can still unite with us and seek the truth. Won't you prayerfully consider making an online gift now at materdayradio.com or on the Hail Mary Media app? And thanks to everyone who plays an important part in our mission of leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Dei Radio. It's 814 at Mater Day Radio, and it feels good. That's right. It sure does. Uh, 90 degrees maybe today. Wow. I can. I feel Just like we, it could be. Yeah, 89, the official forecast. Sunny skies, clear overnight tonight, low of 56. Saturday, again, beautiful, sunny 80 degrees. Now, Sunday, looks like some clouds could roll in, but just a slight chance of a shower. Still 65, so considerably cooler, but probably not too bad. We'll be ready for that shift, I think, after these warm days. Yeah, it is warming up already. 64 degrees. St. Thomas Catholic Church out in Camas. And 61 degrees at Queen of Peace Parish in Salem. Well, are you feeling that need to get on some gloves and get out in your garden and get it ready for the year? Well, we know it's been a soggy spring so far here in the Pacific Northwest, but there are things that we can get started and get planning. Master Gardener Margaret Reilly, A Gardener's Catechism, 100 Plants in Christian Tradition on How to Grow Them, is the perfect practical guide to creating a garden that is more than just landscape. Margaret Rose is joining me today to encourage you to get outside and let your garden be your spiritual guide. Good morning, Margaret. Thank you so much for joining us on the Morning Blend. Well, thank you for having me. Well, first for our listeners, tell us about how you became kind of a lover of things that grow in the dirt. Well, it started when I was probably about three years old, and I can very clearly remember going through my father's perfectly manicured lawn, pulling up little teeny tiny buttercups that were trailing throughout. 
the family business was also greenhousing. So I grew up in the green industry all of my life and then went to university uh, and studied as well. Well, Margaret, we talk about, you know, what it was like in biblical times and what scripture tells us about the kinds of plants, not only that they grew, but the different kinds of fruits and vegetables they ate. Does the Bible give us a wealth of information about what was happening during that time, what they were growing, or do we have to look at all of the other resources and just kind of a historical understanding of the Holy Land and what grows there? I think your understanding with looking at the Holy Land historically and the seasons and what was growing during that period, some of it is referenced in the Bible by name, but a lot of it is very general. Um, the flowers of the field is a very good example because there are several that would have been in flower during the time of the Passion. In fact, the Shroud of Turin, which is referenced in the book, also talks about um, how they pinpoint the date of the um, crucifixion based on the pollens and the flowers, and they can also tell the region that it took place in because some of the plants are very specific to only certain areas in the um, Holy Land. That's a little bit about what you'll learn in Margaret Rose Reilly's new book, A Garden Catechism, 100 Plants in Christian Tradition and How to Grow Them. Well, Margaret, let's talk a little bit about some of the symbolism in Christian literature and art and folklore. You mentioned buttercups in the beginning of our interview. Tell our listeners the symbolism of that beautiful flower. Well, the one I'm referring to in the book is called the Persian buttercup, which is a ranunculus. And there's just a lovely little Italian folk legend that talks about Jesus, possibly after he had risen on Easter morning, or after his uh, ascension, he wanted to give his Holy Mother a gift that would always be a light on earth of his love for her. Um, He gathered up, the story goes, he gathered up the tiniest stars and transformed them into these little five-petal buttercups and scattered them about for his mother to see wherever she roamed. This is one of the reasons um, why these bright yellow flowers are used to decorate Mediterranean churches during Holy Week. And um, the native species buttercup um, that blooms out through eastern Mediterranean has a common Hebrew name of to give light, to shine. And another legend about the monoculus, this, this little yellow flower, relates to the rainbow and that God's promise to Noah. The golden flowers of buttercups are said to grow wherever the rainbow touched the earth, which led to the story about the pot of gold. Well, we also know that when I look at my garden, I picked out a plant one time from the from a local gardener because it was covered with bees. For whatever reason, the bees were really attracted to this one. And I thought, well, that's the kind of plant that I want in my yard. Is that important also to think about when we're we're creating a garden that those things that bring life towards it, butterflies and and bees and those kinds of things, so that way, well, not only you're enjoying your garden, well, so is all of God's creation. That's very true, and it's very important, and it is one of the um, symbols that I use in the book has to do with pollinator attraction. And it is to draw in the hummingbirds, bees, butterflies, any pollinators, flies. They all um, are important for our food supply. And, uh, yeah, it's very important to have that in the garden. And I do include that in the book so that people, when they do choose a flower, they can look to see if it's uh, going to fulfill that need. 
Well, one of the things also that is not only attractive to the eye, but we talk about how our own spiritual life is just enhanced by the beauty of what's in your garden, the joy that it brings you to be out in really creation and cultivating you know, fruits and vegetables, even flower. You talk a little bit also in your book about how to craft a prayer garden and selecting the right plants for that. What do you mean by that? Well, I call it a garden of visible prayer. And it's interesting that you should ask about that. Um, our Sunday visitor who published this book has accepted a companion book to this, which is about creating that garden. And that book um, should be coming out um, in a while. But what I wanted to say is that when you create a garden of visible prayer, you want to establish what is important to you. You want to discern what leads you into you know, a sense of prayer. And it's not the whole landscape. It's a very small portion. It could be the corner between the deck and the garage. Um, it could be that back fence area between the houses. It's just a small space that you can go and you can sit and you would include um, elements that are important to you, such as possibly an icon or, you know, a cross or a statue, um, anything that is reflective. And then the plants you would select would also be based, well, not only on your, you know, your, your zone that you live in and the uh, environment, but what plants speak to you personally. Um, I would not be interested in growing a rose, even though it's very popular in your area. Um, for me, a rose is thorny and prickly, and it okay. doesn't, lead, doesn't lead me to prayer. I would be more inclined to have a shady garden in that I would choose that the Lord would protect me from the burning sun of our society, you know, and the things that are harsh. So it's just whatever leads you into prayer, whether um, it's in a shade garden or uh, you want a sunny location, vivid, bright colors or things that are muted, or maybe you just like greens. I'm very fond of the texture of hostas and Lenten roses, those sort of things that have different colored greens in them that are very soft. And green is the color of uh, eternity because it's, it's ever growing. So when you're creating a prayer garden for yourself, you really want to focus on what leads you to prayer. And there's a section in the book that helps you go through the process of discerning that. That's just some of what you'll learn in Margaret's new book, A Gardener's Catechism. Margaret, tell our listeners where they're going to be able to get a copy for themselves. Of course, you can go through our Sunday Visitor Catholic Bookstore. Local um, Christian and Catholic stores or catalogs, you can order through them if they don't already have it in stock. And there are many online sites like Amazon or Christian Booksellers, Barnes & Nobles, any of those sources. Oh, it sounds perfect. You can pick up a copy for yourself. But, Margaret, you also have access through Facebook and your online webpage. If somebody wanted to give this a gift or keep it for themselves, maybe a signed copy, find more information, where can they go do that? They just go to Facebook and look up my name, Margaret Rose, really. It will uh, show you where I'm at, and you can send me a message, or you can go on Facebook to The Catholic Gardener and do the same. Um Either one is is a good source if you'd like a signed copy. Oh, well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for that. And Margaret, thank you for your time today. What a wonderful book. Oh, and we look forward to getting out in our gardens very soon. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you.
And again, that is Margaret Rose Reilly. So the name of her book in full, A Garden Catechism, 100 Plants in Christian Tradition and How to Grow Them. It is out by our Sunday Visitor Press. I will be sure to add all of the links that Margaret was just talking about so you can get right to where you need to be. You'll find those links on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. 825 at Mater Day Radio. Well, you're going to do a little garage cleaning this weekend. Maybe you have an old car you'd like to get rid of. Maybe it's a truck, boat, motorcycle, RV. You can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, vehicle donation. It'll take you to the page. A couple forms to fill out, quick and easy. You're good to go. And it is a likely tax deduction for you as well. It's Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Matri-Day Radio. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 827 at Mater Day Radio. And an avalanche warning This with this warm weather. We'll have the details in the news. And Pope Francis is in the air again today as he begins his apostolic journey to Hungary. But journalists on the flight wonder if his health will hold up to the rigorous agenda. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is the thirsting and dreams. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. If you're lost inside a dream and stuck in in-between, Waiting for the answers to your life And if you're searching for a sign And you're down to your last dime You're hoping for more time to make it right Well, every road takes a bend And every tree sways in the wind The journey is the end where it begins And you will fly high tonight you will fly high tonight. 
That's the Thirsting and Dreams. 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, Pope Francis' apostolic journey to Hungary kicked off on Friday morning with the arrival of the papal aircraft at Budapest International Airport. Now welcoming him on the tarmac were the Hungarian Prime Vice Minister and two children dressed in traditional costumes, offering him salt and bread, a traditional welcome greeting ceremony in many East European cultures. Now, when the Pope was transferred then by car to the Sandor Palace in Budapest, there he will pay a visit uh, to the President of Hungary, Caitlin Novak, and Prime Minister Viktor Orban before addressing authorities, representatives of civil society, and members of the diplomatic corps at the former Carmelite Monastery used today as the Prime Minister's headquarters. The Pope is visiting Hung- Hungary from the 28th to the 30th this month under Christ is Our Future theme. Now, besides local church and civil authority visits, during the three-day visit, he will meet with migrants and poor people and refugees, disabled children, and also young people. On the Sunday morning, he will celebrate Mass for the country's Catholic faithful. In the afternoon, meet with the academic and cultural world before departing back to Rome. Now, as is customary, Pope Francis took time to greet the journalists on board the papal flight during the outgoing journey. He thanked them for their work and jovially answered few questions, including one on his health, to which he responded, weeds never die. (laughs) Very good. Well, it could be 90 today, but this beautiful warm weather can bring some challenges. The Northwest Avalanche Center in Seattle has issued a special avalanche bulletin through Saturday evening in the Mount Hood area, the Washington Cascades, and the Olympic Mountains. Now, the statement reads, with the freezing level soaring to over 12,000 feet, the likelihood of wet snow avalanches and cornice falls will be elevated over this period. The warm-up will also lead to rapid snow melt at lower elevations, 
challenging travel conditions and other non-avalanche hazards. The statement may be expended through Sunday, just depending on how the weather pattern evolves. The statement adds, backcountry considerations include traveling in the morning during the coolest part of the day, and if you see new or recent avalanches, avoid similar slopes. Well, people who travel through Vancouver using Interstate 5 should plan ahead for delays. Starting Monday, May 1st through Wednesday, May 17th, Washington State Department of Transportation maintenance crews will utilize daytime single-lane closures to install a series of catch basins along the highway. During heavy seasonal rainstorms, water can collect and flow over the roadway. So with the installation of the new drainage system, excessive rainwater will flow onto the catch basins, preventing pooling on the interstate. So beginning Monday, May 1st through May 7th, now the right lane of southbound I-5 near Northeast 63rd will be closed daily. On Monday, May 8th and Tuesday, May 9th, the left lane southbound I-5 lane near Main Street will be closed daily. Then Wednesday, May 10th, through Wednesday, May 17th, the left lane of northbound I-5 near Northeast 63rd will be closed daily. So as with any highway maintenance and construction projects, travelers should exercise caution, they ask, through the work zone. And to keep both road users and road workers safe, travelers are asked to have a little extra patience, obey advanced warning signs, and look for instructions from flagging and road crew personnel. All right. On the business front, the U.S. economy grew at a slower pace in the first quarter than what officials had expected. The seasonally adjusted gain was measured at 1.1 percent. The increase in the gross domestic product was below economists' forecast of 2 percent and represents a more moderate pace compared to the previous two quarters, according to the data released Thursday by the Department of Commerce. Now, consumer spending contributed to the most of the first quarter's growth as Americans continue to spend their dollars on goods and services, especially in restaurants and bars. Purchases of cars, their parts, and health care services were also strong, but business spending remained sluggish in the first quarter as companies cut back on equipment and residential fixed investment firms continued to struggle. Well, Portland will be getting a new gaming arcade amusement center this summer in northeast Portland. The signs on the outside might still say Lumberyard, but the owners of the building at 2700 Northeast 82nd Avenue in Portland, well, they're busy on the inside transforming it into... The People's Courts, they're naming it. Now, co-founder Dave Strott says the centerpiece of the facility, all those amazing pickleball courts. Now, Strott, along with his cousin Dave Sachs, are turning the 48,000-square-foot building into a place to hang out with friends and family to play a few games. The gaming center is not too far, they say, from a local high school and nearby skate park, so it should be perfect for traffic. Gamers will be able to select from a handful of pickleball courts. Bocce ball. That's bocce ball. Is it? <laughs> do I keep saying that wrong? Yes, you do. Bocce ball. Bocce ball. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's bocce ball. Okay. Now I'll yeah, go with you. Yeah. All right. Bocce ball sounds fine to me. <laughs> P- I see, and I'm always going to say it wrong forever. But. <laughs> bocce ball, ping pong, and cornhole. 
Now, Maple's Courts will also offer smaller pickleball courts for single player and practicing. Currently, construction crews are also putting the final touches on the courts and also finished construction on two restaurants that will also be available. That sounds like a pretty fun place. I think yeah, so. Yeah, that's pretty neat. So you got pickleball, bocce ball, cornhole. What was the other one? Ping pong. Ping pong. Yeah. And and the amusement center. Yeah. So that sounds like a good place to be. Yeah, it'd be fun times. In sports, the Seattle Seahawks continued the overhaul of their defense, selecting Illinois cornerback Devin Witherspoon with the number five pick of the NFL draft on Thursday night. Witherspoon was regarded as one of the top two cornerbacks in the draft. He blossomed in his final season at Illinois, where he was the Big Ten defensive back of the year. He had three interceptions and 17 pass breakups. Seattle held its highest pick during the tenure of Coach Pete Carroll and General Manager John Snyder, the result of that trade that sent Russell Wilson to Denver before the last season. Number one pick in the draft was a quarterback, Bryce Young, out of Alabama. He went to the Carolina Panthers. Locally, Oregon cornerback Christian Gonzalez was selected 17th overall by the New England Patriots. Round two of the draft is set for this afternoon at four. Did you watch any of the draft last I night? I did not. I did read, though, the highlights as uh, when I went to bed. It was huge. Was it really? They, so it was outside in Kansas City. Nice. I think by the, their sports complex there. There were thousands of people there. I love it. Yeah, it was a ma- gigantic stage. I mean, it was it was impressive. I'm now I'm going to go look at the highlights yeah. from the evening. Yeah, you should, you should see that. Just and they started the uh, draft with uh, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Travis Kelsey coming out holding the Super Bowl trophy. Of course. Yeah. So pretty. Nice. Everybody wants to hold that trophy. Mm-hmm. Well, when Catholics pray to the Blessed Virgin Mary, it's not an act of worship, as worship is given only to God. St. Louis de Montfort, an 18th century priest devoted to the Virgin Mary, explained what happens with prayers addressed to Our Lady. Now, the explanation is found in his book, True Devotion to Mary. He starts off by writing that sincere and devout prayers to the Virgin Mary will give more glory to Jesus in a month than in many years of a more demanding devotion. And Montfort explains that Mary is a pure conduit for our prayers, transforming them into glorious prayers to her heavenly father. He said she is an echo of God, speaking and repeating only God. So if you say Mary, she says God. When St. Elizabeth praised Mary, calling her blessed because she had believed, well, Mary, the faithful echo of God, responded with her canticle, my soul glorifies the Lord. Now, De Montfort goes on to write what Mary did on that day. She does every day. When we praise her, when we love and honor her, when we present anything to her, then God is praised, honored, and loved and receives our gift through Mary and in Mary. So the next time you offer prayers to the Virgin Mary, remember how she receives your prayers and takes them directly to God in a very real way. The closer we are to Mary, the closer we are to God. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. On Sunday at 11 a.m., you can see a movie screening of The Letter. A Message for Our Earth, happening at St. Charles Catholic Church in Portland. The 
the Northeast Vicariate Parishes of the Madeline, St. Andrew, St. Charles, and Holy Redeemer invite the entire community to this movie screening. I told you, I've seen the movie. So this is a movie, a documentary about Pope Francis. Yeah, his Laudato Si, and it brings together four people in different countries who are working on different climate change programs. And yeah, it's it's really good. Uh-huh. It's emotional, it's wonderful, great stories, and I can't think of a better movie than on Arbor Day. That's perfect. Yeah. 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 So well, maybe, this is Sunday, but still. Yep. Yeah. Check out all the details. And there's more great things like that event. Well, you're going to find it all on the community calendar at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. So we got a second cup coming up. What oh. are we talking about today? Well, we're going to talk about five simple ways we can be healthy like Parisians. Oh, okay. So get ready. That's right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. There's power in hope, and Jesus is love's answer to our hope. I'm Alex Nelson, Stewardship and Development Officer for the Archdiocese of Portland, inviting you to join us in bringing the good news of the hope and love of Jesus to the world through the Archbishop's Catholic Appeal. There are nearly 400,000 Catholics in the Archdiocese, and the Archbishop's Catholic Appeal is critical to supporting those who need us, those who depend on us. For this generation and those to come, you have the power to help transform lives. One single generous moment can make all the difference. Please prayerfully support the Archbishop's Catholic Appeal this year. Learn more about how your gift will help bring the love and hope of Jesus Christ to Western Oregon. Visit JesusChangesEverything.Church to discover more about the Archbishop's Catholic Appeal. That's JesusChangesEverything.Church. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, a place to celebrate life's moments. Ernesto's offers full-service dining, banquet facilities for groups of 15 to 180, catering, takeout, and large order delivery, featuring traditional Italian dishes with Chef Marco's inspired modern entrees and weekly specials. Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, 8544 Southwest Apple Way on Beaverton Hillsdale Highway next to Jesuit High School. Hi, everyone. This is David from Monterey Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Monterey Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. It is 844 at Mater Day Radio. You caught me right after a sneeze. Seasonal allergies. Oh, are, is it? Yeah, they're Well, they're you got allergies. In. I'm getting over this yeah. cold, so we are quite a duo today. Uh, I was out yesterday in the yard, and yeah, I'm feeling it today. But 
I'm not going to complain because it's sunny skies, high near 89 degrees today, mostly clear overnight, low of 56, and then sunny again for Saturday, a little cooler, 80 degrees. Then Sunday may see a little bit of a turn down with more clouds, just a slight chance of a shower, high of 65. Well, currently it is 60 degrees at the St. Vincent de Paul Center in Vancouver. And it's 64 degrees at Resurrection Church in Tualatin. The morning blend's not over yet. There's time for a second cup with David and Brenda. Well, you know, looking out at this beautiful day, it just kind of feels like you want to be outside and you want to breathe some fresh air Mm -hmm. so long as you don't have allergies (laughs) and just really make the most of it. Well, you know, our brothers and sisters in uh, Paris, they like to make the most of uh, their time and they live a healthy lifestyle. So I found this great article on Alatea.org on five simple ways to be healthy like a Parisian. Okay. So yeah. uh, so first let's uh, let's set the stage here a yes. little bit for it. Uh, reminds me of my time in Paris before the war. <laughs> That's what it does kind of. Yeah. I mean, I could really listen to that and listen to just, you know, a a, a person on a guitar at a yeah. little outdoor cafe. Just enjoying the sights and Absolutely. sounds of a beautiful uh, Parisian afternoon. That's Edith Piaf, isn't it? I believe it is. You are abs- yeah. absolutely correct. So uh, I had to track that one down That's <laughs> but nice. to I find it. That. But yeah. what a great music. But you think about how, you know, in Paris and the wonderful movies and the food and everything, it just kind of creates this just uh, lifestyle that you think, mm-hmm. oh, now they've got it figured out for sure. Right. So I found, again, this great article on Alatea I thought we'd talk about today. And they named it Five Simple Ways to Stay in Shape like a Parisian. Okay. How do they do it? Because they, they got it figured out. I'm, I'm going to live this way. All right. So first off, they say that in Paris, take the steps. Okay, yeah. And it says, if you've been to Paris, I have not, David. No, But they say that you'll notice something about getting around the French capital. Often gives you the opportunity to take a lot of stairs. Okay. Now, the underground metro system itself is the perfect place to start because while escalators are an option, they say most commuters... They're going up and down the stairs. Good idea. Do yeah. you take that option? Do you ever give yourself the option like, I, okay, stairs or? No, always take the stairs. Yep. Always yep. take the stairs. Where were we? Oh, so we just took the train up from uh, the uh, till uh, Tukwila train station up to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Now that's like a three-story, almost two-story yeah. uh, train station where you got to catch up on the uh, level. And we ran the stairs. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great way. It's amazing how many floors you can uh, run in a day yeah. just by not taking the escalator. Well, when you look at studies, too, about your options of taking the stairs and how much, you know, just that little bit of exercise can help with your heart health. For just sure. by doing that. Oh, for sure. So, and right along with it, they said the next thing that they do is they actually do walk a lot. Mm -hmm. Now, here's one of the things they said they do, because I guess they have a very advanced metro system with lots of stops and everything, that oftentimes Parisians will get off the train a stop ahead. Oh, that's I see what you're saying. And then they go up the stairs and then they just walk the last few blocks. And some even say, well, they just skip it altogether. I think of our friend Ed Longwa. Yeah. Now, he, he does a hybrid approach to his bike riding, meaning that if he can get on his bike and get there quickly, he'll use it. But 
He can also just carry his bike with him onto the light rail and Mm -hmm. take a stop and then bike the rest of the way. It's a great idea. I think those are, again, all those little ways that Mm -hmm. you can kind of get those extra steps in. Right. This is it. All right. Let's get into eating. Yeah. Because we know that a lot about living healthy has to do with eat. Uh, eating. So the next thing they say on the list, eat light late at night. Yes. Eat light late at night. Great idea. I've been doing that more and more. Have you? Yes. Yeah. So what they say is that it's a sure thing that French appreciate their food, but it's all about balance. They'll enjoy a light breakfast, have a substantial lunch, Mm -hmm. and then something like a salad or soup for dinner. Yeah. See, now we seem to build up throughout the day, meaning that oftentimes I think people, you know, in the U.S. will have kind of a light breakfast or, you know, my son, he'll skip it altogether. He'll start eating at lunch or we'll have a a, a moderate lunch. But then, boy, in the evening time, we have a big meal. Mm -hmm. And boy, that sets you all out of whack. Yeah. Again, new studies out looking at that talking about if you really want to do it right, you know, don't eat after like four o'clock. Yeah, really? Yeah. Just simply because it gives your body an opportunity to digest its food before you go to bed. And if you, if you're, if your digestive system is working heavily while you're in bed, a lot harder to sleep. That's it. Yeah. I know it's where I was going. My yeah. sleep is often disrupted if I haven't eaten well or eaten right. too much at yeah. dinner. Now, they also say, though, you know, for the French and Parisians, they do enjoy a, a good evening meal with friends, but the meal will be balanced and generally the portions of a reasonable size. Yeah, there you go. And, yeah. you know, it's amazing how, you know, if you take your time, and this is something I've noticed on the two trips in mm-hmm. my whole life that I've ever taken, you know, to Europe. The amount of time they spend eating the evening meal. Right. It's a long time. Even like a late afternoon, like an early dinner, mm-hmm. they just spend a lot of time eating it. Right. So you eat actually less. Right. Surprisingly, because you're enjoying each other's company Mm -hmm. and you'll have a little bit of something and then you'll kind of have a drink and then, you know, and it just, when it takes more time, it it, it actually just, because you fill up. Right. Well, and again, it's better for your digestion rather than woofing down a whole bunch of stuff really fast. It's really hard on our, on your digestive system. When you eat slow, chew your food, Enjoy talk along the way, maybe a little wine, maybe that's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just much easier on you. So when uh, we were saying goodbye to one of the priests, uh, he was in his first year after his priestly ordination. He was one of the priests from the Archdiocese who also studied it in Rome. We've been meeting different, you know, th- of those priests around now. Uh, when we went to dinner with him, he we went to an Italian place. It was a great place in uh, Vancouver. He said, let's, uh, let's eat like Romans. And so what we did is we started with a glass of wine and an appetizer. Did not order anything else beyond that Mm -hmm. and enjoyed our glass of wine, the little charcuterie that we ordered. And then after a little while, we looked, started looking at our menu and then ordered the next course and then kept our menu and then just went through that. And it just because your ideas changed as the hungrier or fuller you got. So it's a great idea. 
Uh, so the other thing they say to live like Parisians, choose ingredients wisely. Mm-hmm. As food plays an important role in the lives of Parisians, they will often opt to eat fresh foods and vegetables from one of the many street markets. Yeah. And while organic foods are also popular, they're often pricier. But any fresh produce is a better alternative to the processed foods that we often run to quickly. Oh, no doubt. And then lastly, see the great outdoors as a means to exercise. As in a lot of urban places, beautiful parks in Paris provide a perfect place to join in a group exercise class. Nice. However, the French will also use their weekends to get away from the capital and go to many forests and surrounding areas to get a little exercise mm-hmm. in and enjoy creation that way so that's fun all right so i'm i'm gonna enjoy, i'm gonna live like a parisian it this sounds weekend. great yeah let's do it <laughs> i hope you enjoyed today's second cup support for matre radio comes from our leadership circle members including dr mark bianco family dentist dr bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd avenue and stark street in southeast portland Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Join Mater Dei Radio and Archbishop Alexander Sample as he prays the Hail Holy Queen. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, O most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. It is 855 at Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast. Sunny skies today, a high near 90 degrees. Clear overnight tonight, low of 56, then sunny again for Saturday, high of 80, then Sunday, cool down to 65, just a slight chance of a shower. It is currently 58 degrees already here in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is I Am They, No Impossible With You. And you are listening to David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Right now I'm staring down a giant Right now I can't see past my pain Right now my songs have turned 
They and no impossible with you. It's 859 at Mater Day Radio. Oh, yeah. Sunshine this weekend. We deserve it. We do deserve (laughs) it. You are right about that. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for tuning in all this week. We do appreciate it. And you know, when we're back on Monday, it'll be May. May is right around the corner for sure. Looking forward to that. Well, that is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. The Good Deacon and I are coming back this evening with a new episode of View from the Pew. So please tune in. We hope you have a very blessed weekend.